0: Hello and welcome to the No Room for Doubt podcast. My name's Kyra Matthews, I'm a manifestation obsessive and I help creatives and independent business owners overcome self-doubt and anxiety so they can build thriving businesses online. So let's get into it. Okay, guys, I say this about every episode, but I'm so excited for this episode.
1: I love the energy. Honestly, I'm so glad that we're doing this on a Monday morning. So I feel like I need my energy at top form to match yours for this conversation. And you know what? I'm there.
0: Like, so ready for it. Like the people have been waiting for this conversation for us to sit down and have this conversation. I've sent Alice several singing voice notes
1: (laughs) that is not a lie they are such joyful voice notes if you can get on the other side of one of Kyra's whatsapps you are a blessed person let me tell you that um I'm looking forward to this but you know I teased it at the end of the conversation on my podcast it's been a couple of weeks trying to align schedules and make it happen Mm. and here we are ready to deliver hopefully I mean let's see by the end of the episode
0: (laughs) I do have a little panic right before every recording I'm like my, my, like, I have a little anxiety tummy ache. I'm like, okay, I'm about to record and I have to talk to myself. And it's like, it's fine. It's okay. You will get to the end of the episode.
1: Okay. Mm, and I always end recordings for other people's podcasts being like, I said nothing of value. That was completely useless. Why? What did I just say for an hour? And then I listen to it when it comes out and I'm like, Do you know what, Alice? It's all right. <laughs>
0: I just said some good stuff. Literally, go I'm like, you're a genius. But. <laughs> Before we get carried away, please, can you introduce yourself for anyone who doesn't know who you are? I would love to. My name is Alice Benham. Uh,
1: my official title in my business is that I'm a business and marketing strategist. I feel like mm. that makes me sound so much fancier than I am. Yeah. Uh, I basically help business owners to get clear on the big picture and then take the action that they need to get there. So I help a lot of service based and creative businesses with getting established and scaling. Uh, I do that through one to one work, uh, group programs and retreats when they're not illegal due to COVID. So quite a few elements to what I do host a couple of podcasts as well. But yeah, all about helping people to kind of bridge the gap between success and values and achieve their definition definition of success in a way that feels good for them. That's what I'm about.
0: Mm, I love that. So many things that I just really want to get into. So if you are like just catching up, we recorded part one of this conversation over on Alice's podcast, Starting the Conversation. So I do recommend having a listen to that either before or after this chat. It's so, so good. I, we both received like so many positive messages about it. Were there any key reflections that you had after our conversation? Oh,
1: good question. I mean, so many. I think when recording a conversation with someone else, I have like revelations whilst they're speaking. Yeah. Then I have the journey home. My brain's processing everything that they've said, and there is revelations then, and then it comes out, and I feel like I kind of receive it for like a third time. I'm yeah. Like, wow, this is so good. Um, I remember you were talking about. I don't want to title it wrong. The river of misery. Have yes. I did that right the river of misery. If you haven't heard Kyra reference that before, go and listen to the episode because it was so good. That for me, I feel like has given a language to something that I can now looking back, see myself having gone through so many times, even seeing myself being in it in different areas of my life and business right now. But there's something about having the language and being able to label something that I think gives it a purpose and takes away some of that. Oh my gosh, am I doing it wrong? Is this a bad thing? And I should be like, no, there's purpose to be found in the river of misery. So yeah, that was my big takeaway.
0: Totally. I love that. And just to catch everyone up to speed, the river of misery is actually a concept that I learned from my coach. And it essentially says that every time you set a goal, there's this gap, i.e. the river, this struggle of bridging the gap or the space between who you are now and who you want to be. And because there is that gap with every goal you set, there is an element of discomfort, anxiety, worry, stress. All of that is part of the process. So you can swim to the other side.
1: Mm.
0: What would you say? Obviously, I'm going to ask you this now because you've said it. what would you say in terms of your business? Like, where are you in that river of misery? Like, what is... What's a challenge for you right now, Alice?
1: That's a good question. And do you know what? For me, I think the, the biggest challenge is not trying to throw myself back in the river of misery, just for <laughs> the sake of it. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense to people, but almost like my comfort zone is in the river of misery. Like mm. I run my business because I love challenge. I constantly want to be uncomfortable. I always want to be learning. I don't want to be uncomfortable for the sake of it because I know from discomfort comes growth and learnings and up levels. And I'm like addicted to that process. And for me, I'm in a real place with my business right now where like, it, it's kind of everything I wanted it to be. Like yeah. it, it's got to the point of, you know, the brand is where I want it to be. My offerings are where they I want them to be for now. I'm sure in six months time, I'm going to be ready to head back into the river of Missouri and level up again. But almost I'm stepping into a season of really just letting the business sustain, even if it's just for the next couple of months. I don't know how long this is going to last for. And I'm noticing I have this real like desperation to like throw myself back in the river because I'm like I want to be there I want to be almost struggling because for me I know and I've seen so so many times the good that comes from that and I think I'm learning in this season to go into the river of misery in my personal life and in mm-hmm. other areas of life and not just doing it within business. Because I have basically spent the last five years putting all of my energy into leveling up my business. And I'm so proud of that. I love that. But now when I take a step back and look at my life, it's kind of like business is, is at this great place and everything else isn't quite mm. as developed and hasn't had so much growth. Yes. So I think for me, it, it's letting the business maybe sit on the bank of the river for a little bit and throw some other stuff through the river of misery. Does
0: that make sense? 100%. And I'm so glad you're saying this. I'm just so, again, I'm so excited for this conversation because I knew it would be amazing. I resonate so much with what you're saying about wanting to put all of your focus on your business because at the beginning, it really needs all of that love, attention, like just single-minded devotion in order to grow yeah and it's so interesting what you said about now you have this kind of like addiction because you know the results that come from struggling and pushing yourself and up leveling so many people are resistant to the discomfort like they put their toe in the water they're like it's too cold I'm not getting in it Mm -hmm. should be warm it should be a heated pool Mm -hmm. what would you say to those you've coached so many people through their business And through growing their business, what would you say to those who are looking at the river? It's tepid, it's cold, it's freezing. What would you say to those who are resistant to that struggle and that growth and challenge?
1: Your desire for where you're going has to outweigh your enjoyment of the comfort of staying where you are. Mm. And that's something that no one can teach you. You can't choose that that comes down to how much do you really want it? How much purpose is there really in your business? Why are you actually doing it? And how clear is that long-term vision? If you don't have clarity on where you're wanting to go, of course, you're going to find it hard to make yourself uncomfortable to get there because you've got no motivation to do it. You don't know why you're putting yourself through that process. And I'll caveat this by saying, only you get to decide what you're wanting to and willing to quote unquote sacrifice or what discomfort you're willing to step into in order to get to that long-term vision but to me you know it, it has to come from you you've got to want mm. the the gain enough to go through the pain in order to get there and it gets easier the more you do it right the first yeah. time I dipped my toe into the river of misery to gain <laughs> something it was scary and uncomfortable and I didn't want to do it but I had to do it to realize oh actually good came from that and grew the muscle in a way of being in an uncomfortable place. And now I'm in a place where I'm like, I, I don't even see discomfort as a negative. I see it solely for, well, it it feels uncomfortable, of course, but I immediately can see it for the positive and the growth that it could bring. So yeah, I think you've got to want the destination more than you like the current comfort. It's self-discipline over motivation and it's not Instagram worthy and it's not shiny and it's not fluffy, but that's been my truth and that's what I see in so many of my clients and students they're not successful because they have the best ideas they're successful because they're willing to
0: put in the work and they've got grit yes yes I'm literally like high-fiving it's going to get really annoying to everyone listening that every time you speak I'm going to be like yes yes Alice love that I was the same on my podcast that every time you spoke I was like damn this woman I love it But I loved what you said about like your desire for where you're going has to be stronger for where you are. I actually call this like either selling myself like on the process or the journey. And then or I call it like letting my ideas germinate because- I speak to a lot of creatives and maybe you experience this the same. Like it speaks to a lot of people who maybe have had an idea for something and they're like, Oh, I had this idea two years ago and, and, I, and I'm only taking action now. And there's almost this guilt that comes, but sometimes I think having the idea and selling yourself on, okay, I'm going to do this thing. Like we have to remember that starting a business is a huge lifestyle change. And it's almost that process of letting the idea germinate, selling yourself on, "Oh, what could that look like for me? And do I think it's possible for me? Selling yourself on that destination, mm-hmm. I think is like part of the journey. It's part of reaching your goals. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think that's where no one can do it for you. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. hire someone else to kind of motivate you to do it because if you don't want it enough yourself, the first time some discomfort or a roadblock or a failure comes up, well, there's going to be nothing that keeps you going. That is going to become an obstacle or sorry, that's going to become a barrier instead of just being an obstacle. And I think that's spot on what you're saying. there. I love that language for it. Of like you've got to sell yourself on the idea. Because I mean, we all have tons of ideas, right? Like I'm sat on a business idea right now. It's got legs. I really love it. I'm not actioning it right now. Not because I'm lazy, not because I'm procrastinating, not because I'm a bad business owner, because I know that I need to be so desperate to make it happen before I start making it happen. So I know if I'm not desperate to make it happen, the second that it becomes tricky, which hello is every day in business, I'm going to stop. And the mm. biggest thing that businesses need to succeed and scale is consistent action. And the biggest thing that stops us from taking consistent action is our, I mean, I don't want to say biggest, I feel like that's a big generalization, <laughs> but it's the kind of lack of grit, determination, motivation, desperation for whatever it is that you're working towards. And I feel like part of this, I'm sure you'll agree here, is like learning to love the journey too. Yes. I, I, if anything, I don't really care that much these days about the end destination. I've built such a love for the journey and I think it's important for us to talk about in business us not just being miserable and thinking oh that's the way it's meant to be they talk about being in the in the river of misery so I should like I would say if you feel miserable that's an issue like the river of misery is tough it's uncomfortable there are moments where you feel really challenged and low but that doesn't mean it has to be a process that doesn't feel joyful and fulfilling because those things are going to keep you going as well Totally.
0: Oh God, the river of misery is getting really well-rounded. I love this. I know. I feel like <laughs> you need to really conceptualize this, Kyra. I can see it as
1: something bigger than just...
0: It's like what you said about like business not being miserable, because that's one of my key philosophies is like more life. Like I always want to do things that are going to add more life to me in terms of fulfillment, joy. I may only have 80 maybe a hundred years on this earth. I want them to be like the most just amazing moments on earth. And because I want joy, it doesn't stop me from doing hard things or being uncomfortable. But in the same time, having that balance to say, am I in the river of misery in a way that's serving me? Or am I just beating myself up, overworking, burnt out, exhausted? Mm it's quite a tricky balance. What would you say is the key in like your opinion, in your experience to getting that balance of knowing when you're challenging yourself in a way that serves you versus when, okay, I'm actually miserable. There's something that I need to address here.
1: Mm, I guess from this, I speak primarily from personal experience. The work I do is not not mindset or kind of emotional coaching. It's very kind of strategic work. So I'm careful not to bring this in with clients, but definitely for me, I I think it comes down to self-awareness. And I would Mm -hmm. say this to others. Like I think self-awareness is the biggest asset you can have as a business owner because there's no right or wrong way to build business. What feels right for someone else's business might not feel right for you and vice versa. So we almost need to look internal. Um, Mm -hmm. We need to look internally, sorry, to figure out these things rather than looking for, you know, here's a checklist of ways to know that your business isn't working for you or three signs that that feeling isn't something to deal with, but something to change. I think it's staying really connected to, hey, how am I feeling right now? And is that a feeling that I'm okay with? You know, I've got some feelings where I can have them for a a few months. I can feel really challenged or low, or I can have a real identity crisis in my business. And I, I see that and I go, okay, if there's an end point to this, If I can see how and when this shifts, then okay, I think I can cope with it. If it feels like it's lasting longer than a few weeks or months and it's here to stay, I'm like, okay, we need to change something. And what I'm wanting my business experience to feel like versus what you're wanting your business experience to feel like is wildly different. So I think we've got to know for ourselves, what do I want this to feel and look like? What's my personal why? Why am I doing this for me? And then, hey, is my business currently matching up with that? If it is great, what do I need to keep doing to make sure that continues? And if it's not, which something's always going to be a little bit off, right? It's never perfection. What do I need to change in order to help myself move towards that? And it's really an overnight thing, right. but it's taking, it's taking responsibility for how things feel and then questioning, right, how can I action that? And I think learning what you want your business experience to look and feel like is something that you kind of don't learn until you try. So like yeah. business is a constant learning through action process where you do something and you step back and go, right, how did that feel? If that felt really off, if that felt really disaligned, if I really didn't enjoy that, okay, is it that I don't want to ever do that thing again, or is there a way that I can do that which is gonna feel better for me? And that's where for me, like having having a life coach, having mentors, having places that I can process these kind of things is so valuable cuz it gives me the opportunity to step back and reflect cuz i don't know if you find that business is so full on how and when do you get the opportunity to gain that self awareness and then move forwards
0: yeah like it is so full on like i it's like what you said like going back to the beginning of the conversation where you were saying like the last 5 years you've really like focused on your business and now you're like looking at your personal life and like throwing some of like your personal stuff into the river and I have had a similar experience in terms of I've had to get really clear on how I'm going to spend my time and also where I'm going to drop the ball on things in my personal life and like where I'm going to pick them up. Also in my business as well. And it's kind of like I think at the beginning when you start a business, you think that yeah, you're going to have the perfect website, you got the perfect products and it's all just going to naturally sustain and everything is just going to be really neat. Like all your accounts and everything's going to be really neat. And I have just not found business to be that way. The way I found business is that, okay, for like six months, I'm going to really focus on copywriting or I'm going to be really focused on selling and then moving to like other elements of my business. But it's meant that I've had to also be okay with things not being how I want it so that I can focus in certain parts of my business. And even like seeing something at the corner of your eye and just letting it be a bit gross. Like maybe it's your website or maybe it's, you know, whatever it is, we all have that thing. And just like, it's okay.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, completely. I could list off 10 things right now in my business that aren't optimized, aren't as strong as they could or or should be, but do I want to make the time? and dedicate the energy and the money to leveling them up? Does that feel like a priority? No, I think that's where we've got to remember everyone else that we see. Everyone's got that stuff. I don't know a single friend, client, student, peer who doesn't have stuff in their business that feels a little bit off, who doesn't have a huge list that they could write. Of, hey, here are the things that if, if the world stopped for a month and I could just work on my business, here's all the things I would do. We've all got that list. It's just knowing when so many things could be done, what out of that list really feels like a priority and what's going to best align with where you want to be, what's going to move the needle to get you there and what you're wanting to work on in order to make that happen. And I think wow. that prioritization, it's a muscle, right? I definitely couldn't do that in my first few years of business. I thought everything had to be perfect. I thought I had to be ready before I put myself out there, before I took action. And now I'm like the messiest action taker. Yeah. i like the opposite of a perfectionist. And people tell me they're perfectionists. I'm like, I wonder how that feels to care. Yeah, about everything. because <laughs> I'm just like, look, the end goal is progress, not perfection. And I yeah. think the quicker you realize in business that, that that's, at least from my experience, the, the better way to do it, the easier you make it for yourself. because You're not yeah. holding yourself to this really high standard all the time. You're accepting you're a human before you're a business owner. We're not robots. Our businesses mm. aren't machines. So let's let's let them work in an imperfect
0: way. I love that. Like, I literally had the thought the other day, like, I wonder what it's like to send out emails and never have a spelling mistake. Because literally, <laughs> I'm like, I proofread this. Like, how did this happen? Anyway, another story for another time. One mm-hmm. thing that I admire so much about you is how you focus on values and having a really clear vision. A lot of the people who listen to this podcast consider themselves like value-led businesses. And sometimes our values can feel really kind of abstract and really in the air. Mm -hmm. How do your personal values guide or shape or direct how you make decisions or how you do business in terms of a strategic business growth way? Is there a process you have? Is there like your three top tips for this?
1: You're nodding, so I
0: feel like you've got something on the tip of your tongue. You just go.
1: I mean, values is like one of my favorite things to talk about in business. So no promises that I won't go off in a tangent. But <laughs> I think for me, I noticed when I stepped into business, I didn't have the language for it at the time. But being value driven was a non-negotiable. At the time, I the way that I understood it was like, oh, I just seem to care a lot about how this is done. And there seems to be a lot of stuff going on in the industry that I'm in that I don't like. And I want my business to counteract that you know I want a business that feels really good to me and that I'm really proud of now looking back I can see what I was trying to do was bring language to my values and build a value-driven business and and now that's something that I can understand and do much more intentionally I guess even just to define like what it means to be a value-driven business for me it's about caring not just about what you do but how you do it and having a really clear understanding of not just how your business impacts people in terms of you know, your your clients and your students or your customers that it helps and how it impacts you in terms of money, but also the kind of more emotional impact that it has as well, how it makes people feel, you know, the the difference that it makes in the industry that you're in or the society or the community that you're working within. I see businesses as an opportunity to make social change. And I think having value-driven businesses is about acknowledging our, Capacity to make social change and then allowing us to do that more intentionally. Does that make sense? So it's having a language to like write what is important to me about how my business is run and how my business makes others feel and the impact that it has, so that then every single decision that you make, everything that you do within your business can be put through a filter of, right, does it reflect these values? And defining your values is something only you can do for and by yourself. Now, you can hire someone to help you, help hold space for you to do that. They can prompt, they can give you kind of nudges, they can help bring a language to it. But the only right values for your business are the values that you intrinsically hold. If you try and come up with values for your business that you think you should have, you're going to find it real damn hard to sustain them because they don't actually matter to you. So I'd always say do some self reflection. You will have values, you just might never have put a language to them before. So to help people figure out their values, I quite like thinking about a negative and trying to turn it into a positive. So instead of saying, hey, Kyra, what do you stand for? What's really important to you? What are your beliefs? You know, not many of us have that off the tip of our tongue. If I instead ask you, hey, Kyra, in the space that you're in, what really angers you? Or people that do work similar to you that you don't really like, why is it that you don't like it? Or imagine the worst business ever that you could run. What would that look like? Why would it be the worst business for you ever? All of those responses hold information. And if you flip that information on its head, it's going to tell you about a value that sits at the center of that reaction. So for me personally, one of my nightmares would be for my business to be pressuring people into buying, making huge claims of the revenue that I can help people to make, you know, oversimplifying and glorifying the reality of success. Okay, those might just feel like things that I get angry about and I could vent about. But let's reflect on that. Well, that tells me that I have a value around transparency and honesty. And I really care about having a genuine impact and showing up in my business in a way that helps people to make informed, consensual decisions when working with me, that creates an environment that people feel safe in, that presents information in a way where people feel like they really understand it. So then once you've got the language for your values, then it's just making sure that those are reflected in everything you do the way I see it is that your values create or they help to create your inner compass as a business owner, this central point where you can bring everything back to any decision, any opportunity, any question mark, you bring it back to this inner compass and you go, right, is this aligning with these values that I've set? If no, okay, this either isn't the right step or opportunity for my business or I need to do it in a different way. And at first it's gonna be a more manual process. You'll find yourself kind of forcing yourself to go, Mm -hmm. right. Does this align? Does this reflect my values? And it's like a muscle. The more you do it, it will just become natural. So now I don't have to sit down, write out my values every time I'm thinking about something in my business. They're so kind of natural to me that they've just become part of every action that I take. I know that was a massive ramble, but did that cover any of that question?
0: That or there was no ramble. That was just pure juicy information nectar. As you were speaking, I was like, God, what makes me angry? And things like came to the surface straight away. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that, that, that. And it's like, it's interesting because I haven't taken the time to sit down and like write it out. But I do know, like the values that drive me. Mm what would you say to someone who hasn't done this and is listening to this and kind of like me, they're like, wow, this is really good. This is juicy. What would you say are the benefits for you for taking the time to do this work and being a value-led business? And I suppose I don't mean benefits in terms of like, like you shouldn't want to do good with your business, but Mm. it does take conscious effort. In terms of my values, it's meant me saying no to certain things. It's meant me like... Saying no when I know that person really wants me to say yes, and there's going to be negative emotion on the other side of me committing to my values. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to have values. It's not easy work. I think no, that's what It's I not easy say. work.
1: And it's not
0: glamorous. Like, it, it,
1: it's great to chat about, yeah, we're value driven business owners, but often values in practice is tough and annoying. There's exactly as you're saying, there's opportunities I've turned down because it didn't align with my values cuz something about it either the opportunity itself or the way that it was being done or the the other personal business involved something wasn't right and i mean i it's a hard one to answer of like how do you yeah almost putting a language to your values is it going to make elements of your business possibly less challenging is it going to close you off from some opportunities possibly if those are your intrinsic values if they mean a huge amount to you then you don't want to be doing those things in the first place. And for me, the benefit of naming your values is it is then so much easier to step into them and to reflect them. When you don't have a language for them, you will still be reflecting them in your business because like I said, they're not they're not something you come up with. They're, they're already gonna be true about you. But when you don't have a language for them, it's really hard to reference anything against them because they feel like quite a, just kind of in your head thing. Whereas when you have a language for them, You can absolutely on one hand say no to the stuff that doesn't feel a fit, but you can then on the other hand say yes to the stuff and do so much more of the work that does feel a fit. The better you know your values, the easier you're going to find it to take action and then build a business that reflects it. And a business that reflects your values is going to feel so good to you. You're gonna lay awake at night if you do lay awake at night. Many of us do, um, and think, do you know what? I'm really proud to run my business and I love it. And it's something that I'm, you know, I feel joy at calling my business my own. There's no, I don't know, like I I've spoken to people where they say, Hey, I feel really icky about some of the stuff that I do in my business. And I just think that is a really hard way to live. I would struggle to sleep at night, knowing that I was doing stuff that didn't align with me. And then I think when you consider the impact it has on others, like People choose other people in terms of, you know, as a customer, as a client, as a student, because of the values that that business upholds. They might not have the language for it, but nine times out of 10, when I ask people on my client inquiry form, you know, why have you chosen to work with me? They, in some way, hint to one of the values that I have. They might not say, because your values are this, 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 and this, but they'll say, hey, because I really love that you show up online in this way, because I really love that the way you teach is this kind of style, because you have this at the forefront of what you do. And I go, yeah, because that's, a value that I have, and if I didn't have the language for that value, would I have been able to put it into everything that I do with such a degree of kind of? It's almost like my my business is soaked in my values now because yeah. I have a language for them. So does that make sense? I think yes. yes, it does close you off from stuff, but what it opens you up to in terms of how your business feels to you, the impact it has on others, how many people then want to engage with it, I think that massively outweighs
0: any of the quote unquote negative that might come with that process 100% what I think my values or like at least figuring out my values and allowing them to drive my business what it's done for me personally is it stopped me from actually looking out at other people and how they run business and it stopped me from saying oh they're doing this maybe I should do that for anyone listening, if you are, if you're experiencing lots of comparison, if you're feeling like you don't know how to run a business, you're not the right person to run a business, I almost feel like your values is where you should go in order to create that, like what you said, that inner compass. It can be so easy to allow what that person that you compare yourself on Instagram is doing, Mm -hmm. so easy to allow what they're doing to direct what you think you should be doing in your business.
1: Yeah, that is such a good point And so true. The better we know our values, the easier we make it for ourselves as business owners to run our businesses in a way that works for us in a way that we want to towards our definition of success. I think we expect those things just happen naturally. We're like, oh, well, I, I know roughly my values. I know roughly my mission. I know roughly my purpose. But there's something so powerful at having a language for it, because then you can so easily take yourself back to it and go, yeah, this is what it's about. This is why we're doing it. Great. We're kind of back, you know, feeling motivated again. And taking it back to the river of misery, it's my inner compass that keeps me going when the river of misery feels too much. When I'm like, this is just hard work. Why am I doing this? Why don't I just go and get a corporate job? You know, the dreaded job search for 20 minutes when you're like maybe it'll just be easier if we (laughs) just went and had a corporate salary every time I bring myself back to my inner compass which for me is like values mission purpose I'm like okay no this is why we're doing it and sometimes when you take it back to that central point you realize that those central things weren't right and you have to redefine them and that's fine but once those things are in place it's amazing how many challenges and question marks that you face in business are either put into context or they're just so much easier to walk through because you know why no one can do that work for you which is why it's often tricky it's not on a list of things to do when you start a business but I I wish it was I think it's such a key
0: part yeah like it's so It's just going to save you a lot of mind drama in terms of the comparison. If you think about how much time you may spend like scrolling, doubting yourself, questioning yourself, like when you have that inner compass or that inner direction to say, no, like I'm going to do this, it Mm. makes it all really clear. Like for me personally, I think I had a moment in my business where I realized I was really holding back on some of the things that I really wanted to say that I believed was true because of how I saw industry doing other things. And I think I'm grateful that it's happened and I had that realisation and that was my experience, but almost in a way, if business is to do good, then you have to do things differently. You have to allow yourself to be open to like saying the tide is going that way, but I actually think that this is the way the tide should go. And like being the person to stand up for what you see in industry that is different And even as I'm saying that, there's this realization of it sounds so easy to hear it on a podcast, Mm -hmm. but being the one to be that red spot in the sea of gray or blue, Mm. it comes with its own internal challenges. It comes with its own, like, you need so much courage to be able to do that.
1: Mm. It's tough. And I say that from like real, real lived experience of like the last what nine months has just been um, that's been my biggest challenge has been still taking action, still showing up, still bringing my perspective and beliefs exactly like you're saying, seeing a lot of ways that people are sharing, you know, business and marketing strategy and going, hey, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But I think there might be a new way that we could look at this. So I'd quite like to challenge that perspective or to present it in a different way. I think when you're in a really strong mindset, and you have that real like strong sense of self that is such a joy to be able to kind of stick your neck above and be like right i'm going to do things a bit differently but it it doesn't come without its challenges and i recognize that when i'm not feeling 100% in terms of my like personal like identity and self-worth and confidence that is so hard to do because it comes with challenges i mean there's so much that we can go into this from this so i'll let you take the lead but yeah yeah it, it, it's easier said than done and i don't think i quite grasped that until like the last year of business i think i i only experienced the benefits of doing that and the last year it's been like oh damn it, it's not always the easiest thing it's still worth it
0: i'm not gonna stop doing it but it's not easy totally one of the things it brings me on to a really fun point I say fun it's not fun at all <laughs> I was gonna say I, was like, I can feel where you're taking this and I don't know how that's fun but I'm, I'm open to it I think the reason why I used fun in terms of I think it's really powerful to give a space to hear people that people admire talk about these things that feel like nobody else talks about in terms of the Mm -hmm. challenges of business in terms of like what actually happens behind the scenes what does it take to run a business like yours and one of the reasons why I actually wanted to have you on the show and one of the things that we touched on in part one of this conversation is about when you are receiving so much evidence that you're doing a good job it's working for you you're getting that validation back and it feels great and then getting sort of a negative comment or a troll in some or a piece of criticism I don't really like the term troll but just so people know what I'm talking about I Mm. saw you post on your Instagram a a few weeks ago about your personal like sort of challenge with this is this what you're referring to when you say about like being that person who's gonna be like oh I think we should do it differently standing up and challenging that and then the consequences on the other side of that I have worded that in the most weird way but no no (laughs) no I, hope you I get got this. it.
1: I heard your question loud and clear. Yeah, massively. That has been the, the biggest challenge my business has faced in the last nine months is external responses to what it is that I'm doing. Now, I think the one of the biggest things I've learned to do is to be able to categorize, right, I'm getting something externally come in that there isn't pure validation. It's not someone saying that I'm great. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I think initially I saw them all on the same level. So if it was uh, a student wanting to leave a program and giving me really constructive feedback as to why versus someone who was just bullying me online, I almost took them with the same weight. I couldn't understand or I hadn't learned to unpick the difference. And like nine months in, I have really learned, Okay, there's almost like three camps to it. We've got like, right, that genuinely helpful feedback. I'm constantly asking for feedback in my business, clients and students. I'm always like, right. What's working? What's not? How can I improve? That's the only way, or that the best way my business can improve is having a really close feedback loop. So that's one camp of the stuff, and I'm learning, and it's a constant work in progress, isn't it? To take that for what it's. I mean, I ask for it, and then I'm upset when it comes in. Like it's positive, it's constructive, and then the other two camps is like right, more kind of external people. They've never worked with me. They don't necessarily know me, and you've got the people that are genuinely wanting to engage in conversation, and I really value that. I I don't believe that I have all the answers or know everything. I I exist, I see, to just start conversations. And if people are willing to continue that in a respectful but challenging way, great. I'm all for it. But then you've got camp number three, which I struggle with a lot more, which is your quote unquote trolls. Or I mean, I just call them bullies because I'm like, that is what they are. They are bullies. They are bullying someone. By their content. They're not giving useful feedback. They're not being constructive. They're not trying to engage in conversation. They are just tearing someone down because of their own personal, whatever it might be, their own discontent within their own life. And we all know, don't we? It says a lot more about them than it does about the person that it's happening to. But I would say that statement a lot. You know, friends would be trolled, and I'd be like, "Oh, it's not it. Don't worry. It says everything about them." And then it happened to me, and I was like, "Oh, damn. That little line doesn't really." scratch the surface here. This is really, really hard to deal with. And I think that's been the the most challenging out of those three. Absolutely. Like clients and students, I've always had that feedback loop. That's totally fine. People kind of challenging my thoughts and perspectives. I can see the purpose in that. I welcome it. But people who are just on a mission to tear you down and, and pick a hole at anything that you do and you can't win. That's been really hard because I, I want people to like me and I want to do good and I want to you know be the best version of myself that I can be and almost these people aren't even interested in that they're just out to her. and that's been yeah really hard and continues to be I'm not not on the other side of it and I'm not sure I ever will be I think I thought it would end and it hasn't which is a shame but yeah I'm kind of now just learning how to move forward despite it
0: what boundaries would you say you've put in place to sort of it sounds like putting them in different the like, different types of criticism and feedback into different mm-hmm. camps sounds like a boundary that you've already set for yourself just to be re- to recognize. Okay, this is something that you don't have to take on. Like, don't pick it up. Like, I can yeah. see how powerful that could be. Are there any boundaries, any other boundaries that you put in place to support yourself, really, mm-hmm. in terms of your how you're seeing yourself? You're like, you, I think you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I totally know what you mean. And it kind of links with what you're saying there of those three camps. I think for me, it all comes back to where am I getting my identity as a business owner? and, And what am I using basically to decide is my business a success? And am I worthy as a strategist, expert, coach, whatever you want to call it. And I think learning the difference between those three and how much, almost how much they get to penetrate. Like, right, clients and students, I really trust what they have to say. They know me. They know my work. They're my people. Like, great. They have a lot of weight the middle camp, I'll take it, I'll, I'll, I'll hold it almost and, and weigh it up and decide. And then the, the final camp, where well, they get completely rejected. Now, easier said than done. is what I'm learning. I can say all I want. Yeah, just you, they don't know me. It, it, it's not actually, you know, helpful feedback. It's just people trolling. But to actually receive a message where someone is telling you you're the opposite of everything that you try to be and tearing down something that you really care about, or you're really proud of, like, it's not as easy in that moment just to kind of brush it off and be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Um, I think in terms of boundaries, and that's a great question to ask, like, I don't go looking for it anymore. Now, that sounds ridiculous that I used to, but it was almost this, like, I don't know, use this, I don't mean this language in this wrong setting, but kind of like a self-harm exercise of, like, I am seeking out something that I know is gonna really hurt me, I think, because I Maybe I thought like, oh, I can deal with it. It's fine. I I laughed it off. You know, let's just go and see what they're saying today. But that was a really unhelpful thing to ever go and look for it. So I don't do that now. I don't go searching for it. And if it comes to me, I mean, I've never responded to it. So I just continue to withhold that boundary of, hey, if you're not actually wanting to engage in conversation, then you're not going to get a response. Um, And I think having friends where I can talk about it, but they don't try and give me the oversimplified advice so finding some work friends who have been through similar things and they can just go yeah it's really really shit and people are dicks and I'm really sorry and do you want to sit and eat ice cream or do you want to go and talk about something else like that's really helpful um because there's not a lot that people can say or do that changes it and I hate that the conclusion is we kind of have to learn to live with it but for me it's just learning how do I put it into its place and seek a little bit more identity outside of my work so I don't seek so much of it in external validation within my work I think it the solution is less about my business and probably more about my personal mm. identity which is a whole another conversation
0: within itself. like we could have like part four part seven <laughs> part eight of what this I'm hearing is we should just work together and there should just be something yeah. <laughs> you work me through no literally like so many, I just have to literally give my brain a second to like process all of the amazing things that you just said. One thing that really stuck out for me was when you said that you had been going to search for it at first. Mm. And what does that look like? Did that look like Googling your name, put your name into Google? like, Or did it look like actively looking at people who disagree with yourself, disagree with the things that you do online?
1: Um yeah it's interesting you say that second example because it was definitely the former of like there there are and I mean I do not know how they're legal but there are websites out there which are just built to create threads on different people and anyone can add to the threads and I have had I mean I I don't look at it so please lord if any of you listening want to go and find it don't tell me whether there's anything on it or not yeah. the amount of people that are like oh I just want to let you know like they haven't added to it in ages or like oh they seem to have moved to any I'm like please. fine ignorance is Absolute bliss. Um, So, yeah, there's websites that I could go and look at if I wanted to find things. And then it's interesting you say that other one of like almost looking for people that maybe disagree with me online. I mean, I've not faced like it's all been anonymous people. I've never actually had like people with a name and a face calling things out, no, in a public way. But what I would do is I would go and find people's content where maybe they were saying, you know, about unethical stuff happening in the business coaching space. And because I, could identify as a business coach, I would take that on. I feel like they're talking about me. Oh my gosh. It's like that constant, like we think everything is about us. And it's like, everything is a constant (laughs) indirect. And I'm really learning to look at things and be like, no, I, and it takes links in with values, take everything back to my values and being right. Am I building a business that reflects these values? Yes. So why am I worrying or assuming that everyone thinks that I'm not doing that? First of all, I can't control how much what what people do think of me and how they perceive me in my business okay what can I control I can control how much I bring these values into everything that I do and I know that I'm doing that so cool let's stop thinking that everyone hates us and just keep doing what we're doing but yeah I feel like a lot of people do that like kind of and we're seeking it out because I guess it feels like a bit of a comfort zone maybe that kind of victim mentality feels a bit comfortable you know, it's quite nice I'm not showing up on Instagram at the moment Oh, because I'm worried of yeah. the trolls and the haters. Yeah. And if I stop worrying about them, i oh, then I have to go and take the action
0: again and stop sticking my neck out. It's so true. Like, it's so true. So many things. One thing that really came up for me as you were talking about looking, seeking it out is because online there's a lot of people who say, like, not everything is a mindset issue. And every time I would see a post where someone's like, manifestation Mm -hmm. isn't a thing or like you can't solve everything with mindset I would feel so challenged I'd be like what like what do you mean and it's like they're totally entitled to their opinion and their thought and also kind of like I'm also entitled to mine like I'm allowed Mm -hmm. to have mine that is different or contradicts and I guess it's allowing that place for the gray areas in between like different people. And Instagram isn't very good at allowing for the gray. It's very good at being like, you should do things this way, or you should do things that way. And it's almost like with yourself, you have to be like, as you said, you have to be like, but is this what I'm really saying? Is this who I am? Am I reflecting my values? And if I, if I'm doing that, then that's my win. It's not the approval of somebody else's. That is the win.
1: Mm, yeah, it's getting that validation from yourself. Mm. And I think for, I, I see that's the purpose of this whole challenge for me is learning. Almost it's shown me how unhealthy and bad it is to seek that external validation. It kind of took the validation going wrong. For me to be <laughs> like, oh, this strategy is not a very sustainable one because it just takes a few trolls and then my identity's gone. Uh, and you're so right with that gray space. I think I. I like, I mean, you can tell from my branding, I like things to be black and white. I like things clear and simple and I want to put everything in a box. And life and business isn't like that. Two truths can exist. Someone can have one belief that completely contradicts yours and providing no one's hurting anyone in the process, then those can coexist. And that's kind of the beauty of life, isn't it? But when it's not black and white, we've got to learn to create our own certainty and identity rather than go, yep, I fit into that space, that box. There we go. That's it. It's so true.
0: that exactly. feels. It's so yeah. true. Because I mean, Some even the fact... Yeah, like, even the fact that we're having this conversation, like, you are a business strategist. Like, you grow business with strategy. I do it with the brain and mindset, and I so totally, like, believe in it, and you so totally believe in yours, and just the fact that we have these different perspectives. Mm. I actually just feel like it adds to so much. It adds to the culture. It adds to the diversity. It adds... To everything. Like anyway, I feel like yeah. I'm going on another point here. <laughs> <I> <laughs> like, love it, though.
1: <laughs> and it's like spot on, I've been having a lot of thoughts recently about like the kind of practical in the strategy versus the like mindset and more kind of I don't want to say emotional, but like the more mindset focused stuff and thinking about how the two interact. And I, it's funny you say like almost my uh, worry and imposter syndrome is, oh, but I can't bring the mindset. And I know that's such a big part of what helps people grow businesses. Like I think the two come hand in hand because you need a plan and you need a strategy, but you need a good enough mindset to consistently implement that strategy. So if you've got one without the other, I mean, you probably still get somewhere because often we fill the blanks in of the one that we find harder so for example I'm really good at strategy and planning hence why I hire a life coach because I struggle with the more kind of mental side of things and I think it's seeing like those two truths can coexist like I can go out and share all about how to strategically up level your business using you know business planning and I've forgotten what else ever I do marketing strategy blah, blah blah and you can go out and teach people how to do that coming from the angle of mindset and like actually those those two messages don't contradict each other. They strengthen each other because the two can and do coexist. And that's a beautiful thing, right? If we were all saying and doing the same thing, there'd be space for no one. And we'd be missing out a lot of stuff because there's not a capacity for one person to do and say everything.
0: Yeah, totally. And... Just if you're listening and you are a fashion brand or you make homeware or children's clothes and you're looking at someone and they're like, you're like, they're doing what I want to do. Like, this is a great opportunity to just really check in and just to say to yourself, the way you do something is going to be have such a different perspective. It's going to mm-hmm. really deeply and fully serve. Those who value your perspective, who need to see you show up and do your thing in the way that you do it, and mm-hmm. there may be people who follow and engage with both businesses, yours and that other person's, mine and yours, Alice. Yeah, I hope I'm making sense because I'm doing a lot of zigzag in terms of my topics. But it's no, like you totally are. I'm like having so
1: many revelations whilst I'm <laughs> sat here. I'm like, yeah, this is so <laughs> true because it's like the, the things that make you you, like the things that are most non-negotiable for me about my business which is like the perspective that I bring and the values that I withhold and like the the beliefs that I have around business they're the biggest things that get me called out or trolled or people comment on but they're my biggest non-negotiables it's like I've had a good few moments over the last few months of like right Alice you can wallow in your self-pity but you need to stop this business if you want to do that because you can't run this business without these things sat at the forefront, or you can accept that these things are non-negotiables to you and figure out how you can take action despite the pushback or the outside reaction that you get. And I think when something's pushing up against our values and our beliefs and the things that are most important to us, it's a good sign that they are, or it's telling you they are your values because it doesn't stop you from taking action because you come back again another time and you're like, why do I keep doing this to myself? And you're like, oh, because I really care about this. Okay, fair enough
0: totally totally i love that so much oh god i can't wait to talk to you again like this has been so fun i'm like i just can't wait to get to know you more can't wait to like have a of a conversation we'll have to like sometime in the future come back because i've just learned so much from talking to you over this episode and our previous one
1: I've genuinely loved this. This has been such a joy. I know the last episode we did it was such a like last minute one as well. I was like, I'm in London. I think you're based in London. Are you free? I'd lost your podcast. And then here we are, two episodes in. So we'll definitely be back for parts three and four. We'll just keep jumping between the two.
0: Is there anything that you really wanted to talk about or say? Or did you have any final takeaways that you wanted to share? Any lasting nuggets of wisdom?
1: I guess just touching on what I was saying around like the kind of trolling and the bullying I appreciate there's almost two camps of how people will respond to that you've either never experienced that and me mentioning that it might happen is completely terrifying to you or you've experienced it and you feel a kind of hopefully a bit of a sigh of relief that you're not the only one and I guess for me I know like I've I've not talked about that at all aside from my Instagram other than here like this is the first time I've really spoken about it so I'm just conscious like if you're in you know if you're in the second camp then I'm sure that you know what I said hopefully gave you some reminder of something positive you just know that you weren't alone but if you're in the first camp like I'm really conscious that I know that if I'd heard about people getting trolled it, it could have stopped me from showing up and bringing me and taking action before I'd experienced it and realized that, oh no, it's okay. Like it's rough, but I can deal with it. So I guess if you're in that first camp, I just encourage you, like, don't let it stop you from showing up. I don't want to say that it's inevitable. I know a lot of business owners that have never faced anything of the kind. I don't think it's a kind of part of the process. Is it a possibility? Of course, but I just don't want people to hear that and be like, oh my gosh, that's terrifying. I can't do it. I do think life doesn't throw at you what you're not capable of handling. And I look back at that experience. And whilst it was, it's been really tough, it's held so much purpose and so many lessons. So now that you are aware that it might be a thing, please don't let it stop you from bringing you and doing your thing. And I'm sure you'd have some more mindset stuff that you could actually encourage them with. Whereas I'm just here being like,
0: it is really tough, but not too tough. So keep going. What do you think is the lesson that you've learned out of that? Experience that has been the most like, God, I'm so glad I've learned that lesson.
1: I think it has nudged me to deal with an issue that I have had since I stepped into business, which is that I find all of my identity and worth and self sense of self in my business. And I think that's always going to be part of me. I'm someone who really cares about work and what I do, and I, I often do find a lot of purpose and identity in that until i got trolled it never felt like a bad thing mm. that all of my identity was found in work then i started to get some negative identity from work and i suddenly went oh damn yeah, yeah this isn't this isn't a healthy way of doing things so it's 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 a long process i'm not there but i believe i'll look back at this year and go hey that was the year that i really learned to find self self validation and i learned how not to not get it from my business but how i can find it elsewhere so that it's not all found in work and I'm in the middle of it so like I'm in the the river of misery right now in my personal life hence why the business is kind of not in the river of misery because I need that to be (laughs) a little bit more stable so I can be going through it personally
0: I so gorgeous so Mm. much goodness thank you for sharing that lesson thank you for sharing all of the magic that you've you've shared on this episode and I just know that there'll be so many people who are listening to this, hearing what you're saying and being like, oh my God, yes, wow, this is amazing. Well,
1: thank you for holding space for this. This isn't a kind of conversational things that I share often because it's so not my comfort zone and I'm not a mindset person. I'm so careful of kind of not saying the wrong thing. But yeah, hopefully there's some of something from today's conversation that people can take. And I appreciate you. You ask amazing questions and you create such a safe space. I mean- yeah, this is my first time really talking about this publicly. So that is a credit to your interviewing skills. And I mean, it's not even an interview as it's just <laughs> just a chat.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. I have one more question for you. <gasps> Go. So if you had to rebuild everything, let's say that the slate was white clean on your business or that you've achieved all that you've done and you had to rebuild and start again, mm. you are only allowed to take three things with you. These can be physical, actual things like a phone or a pair of headphones. They can be a spiritual lesson or concept, but you can only take three tools. How would you rebuild? Damn, that's not a small question
1: to end on, Kyra. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, Nora. Laura.
1: Okay, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm sure I'll regret these answers and come up with a better ones in about 20 minutes time. But I think biggest lesson I would take with me is that you never feel ready you've just got to learn through action take messy action and value progress over perfection that was something I really learned in my first year uh physical things I would take with me I would bring can I bring my my planning range the AB method
0: oh yeah yeah, a little okay, shout out
1: there, yeah. Well, n- not so much. Like, it'd be fine if I couldn't sell it, but I just really love using it. Like, yeah. it really helped. I'm thinking if I start again, I'm going to need to set some very clear goals. I'm going to need yearly intentions. I'm going to need to organize my day because there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So I'm like, I need my product range to use for myself. And if I can start the business with that, I mean, that's a good, a good starting point for the business. Um, and then the final thing I would bring... I'm going to go for a really surface level one. I would bring this cup that I use <laughs> to drink my water out of because it's just a really great cup. And it keeps me really hydrated when I'm sat at my desk. And hydration for me is a very important thing. So I would, if for context, people can't see it. It's got, it's just like a, what are they called? Like a, it's a cup with a straw in it. It's like not a bottle.
0: I, I don't know why it's cool. I don't know actually either. It's kind of like it's got like a lid, kind of like when you get a fizzy drink at McDonald's, but it's like plastic instead yes. of disposable. Yes,
1: that's a great shout. So to to conclude, I'm bringing with me the lesson that you never feel ready, uh, my stationery range, and a a water bottle, and my team. If I can have a fourth, I'll bring my team. They are quite essential. I probably should have made them number three, not
0: a water bottle. <laughs> Team, you are loved. I promise you. you.
1: are appreciated. <laughs> That's such a good question, Kyra. What are your
0: three things? Have you got yours nailed? No. Do you know why I ask everybody at the end of the podcast? I, My three things, I've never thought for myself, I would say, oh, a journal and a pen. Like, yeah. as long as I have a journal, I can get through any challenge that comes my way. Like, any time okay. a challenge or a problem comes out, I'm like... To my journal, I got to figure out my brain. I got to figure out my thoughts. I got to generate some emotion. So a journal. The second thing I would say is, what's coming up for me is music. Oh my god! So there's like some people in my life, like that I absolutely adore because they have just been like my compass when I felt like I didn't have my own. Like in my life, I've been very depressed. I've been lost. I've like felt like disconnected from all my friends and family and when you kind of like thought like you hit your rock bottom it was music and like these icons that I loved. So Drake, shout out to Daddy Drake, Tyler the Creator, who I just adore, um Beyoncé. It was like those people that like kept yeah. me going in like those dark times. That might sound lame. This is just who I am, people. Own it. <laughs> and the third thing I would take with me is my ability to create and dream and imagine. I think Mm. I'm cheating at my own game, but basically my, I'm a big picture person. I'm not a small detail person, but my big picture and having that at the forefront of everything I do has allowed me to like do so much. And I kind of wish that I didn't try to be a detail person when I wasn't. I wish I just sooner stepped into I'm a big picture person it means that I am going to drop the ball and stuff it means that I'm not going to be super into numbers and analytical and I'm going to need extra support with that and like really just getting that extra support owning who the hell I am and like just doing that sooner because it's yeah sometimes your flaws are like great gifts I think.
1: I love that yeah and I think that's that self-awareness piece isn't it if I could have If I can have a fifth, I'd bring all my self-awareness with me. (laughs) So I guess it's thinking like, what are the things that I wouldn't want to have to relearn? Yeah. What isn't easily, like, sure. Like I could bring all my systems and processes with me, blah, blah, blah. But like, I can sit down and recreate those. Like, that's fine. It's like, what are the things that I'm so grateful I have learned and picked up along the way? And I'm not desperate to have to relearn and figure out again.
0: Okay, I I have one more since we're just having this conversation. It's like, it's like you've said about like your personal, like finding yourself from your, out of your business and more into your personal stuff. And I've totally had that lesson for myself this year. And one lesson that I don't want to relearn because I learned that like the hard way is that I never want my business to come in the way of my personal relationships or That I at least want to value my friendships, my loves, the people around me as much as I value business. And I have had many times where my friend has been like, oh, let's go do this. And I'm like, no, I'm working. And I think last year I really saw what not valuing my relationships, not sending that text, not going to that dinner, what that all added up to. So I think another lesson of really loving on my people and letting like nurturing my personal relationships as much as I would nurture any business task or any business relationship
1: Mm, I feel like I'm just about learning that at the moment I can look over ever since I stepped into business what six years ago times where uh personal stuff whether it was relationships hobbies friendships whatever it might be in family had been sacrificed or not prioritized in in uh, exchange for the business. And there's times where I can see the purpose that that held and that felt like an okay priority to make. And there's times where I feel really uncomfortable and not regret, but I, I wish I had done it differently. And I think I'm beginning to, I'm just having so many revelations at the moment of like how, it seems to sound ridiculous, but like how insignificant so many things are. I had a trip a couple of weeks ago, I was in Cornwall. I was working whilst I was there, but there was one afternoon where, I was like, no, I have so much urgent work that needs to get done. I didn't even have any calls. It was just stuff I needed to get done on my laptop. And then I decided, no, come on, Alice, let's go. Went off to the beach with a group of friends and was just sat in the middle of the ocean on a surfboard. And I was just looking at, like, nature. And I was like, nothing is important, really. (laughs) Nothing is the end of the world. I'm not saving lives. There has to be more to life than just taking off a to-do list every single day, ready to do it. next day and I mean don't you know I'm not about to quit my business tomorrow I still love what I do and everything but I'm having so many realizations of like, what is actually important like in my business what is really important it's not nothing but it's not everything Mm. and then in the personal life you know how do I then make more of that important and I just don't want to look back more more than I do already and think damn I didn't I didn't prioritize right yes so yeah I mean, I'm going to listen back to what you
0: just said when the episode
1: comes out and be like, Alice, we need to keep learning that. Keep that at the forefront.
0: Yeah, I love that. Thank you again so much for your time and so much for your wisdom on the show. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch or if they want to experience you and your magic?
1: Of course. Now, this is a good prompt for me to actually start posting on Instagram again because... (laughs) Partly just because of exhaustion, but also because of what we're about in this episode. I've been a little bit quiet recently. But if you want to come and find me, I'm over at Alice underscore Benham. Very active on stories, working on the grid. It's a it's a mindset thing. I know what I need to do. I just <laughs> yeah. need to make it happen. Um and then I've got a couple of podcasts, but the one I would send you towards is Starting the Conversation. It's where you can find mine and Kyra's part one of this episode. Um it is on a break until September, but there's I think 152 episodes that you can indulge yourself in if you fancy some business chat i mean i won't try and list off all the topics we've covered it's basically anything to do with business marketing and mindset you'll find it there um so yeah come and say hi i love hearing people's thoughts perspectives as i said i love being challenged so if you've got anything that i've talked about where you want to share your perspective or experience i would love to hear from you so say hi thank you so much alice thank you for having me it's been a joy
0: if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you're going to want to get in touch to Coach with Me One on One. We take all of these concepts and materials, apply them to your brain and your business, so we can get you to your next level. Join me by going to www.kyramatthews.com forward slash next level. That's www.kyramatthews.com forward slash next forward slash next level to get your space to coach with me one-on-one. I can't wait to see you there.